Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. Science has confirmed that our brains have been wired with a distinct hierarchy of value. If you don't know what that means, don't worry. That's what we're going to talk about today. We'll share about avoiding emotional suffering by keeping our values in the right order of importance and why this matters. To let you in on who we are as a team, we represent three generations partnering together to lead a local church and a global resource center called Giving Light. To learn more about us and our ministry, visit us at www.givinglight.org. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today we're going to be talking about value. And I think it's important first to kind of clarify what we mean by value. So um, often we are used to hearing about values, so things that we value. So um, Dr. Melody, I know you have a high value for justice. Yes. Um, I would say one of my high values is curiosity. Joel, do you have a high value that comes to mind? Wisdom. <laughs> I think yeah, that probably it is. Wisdom. wisdom. The, the Kansas not, City Chiefs. N- not being put on the spot with a question <laughs> that I wasn't prepared for. Yeah, so I would say wisdom, yeah. Okay. All right. And then we all have things that we value that are less important to us. Um, so I could say I have a value for uh, chocolate <laughs> or something something that's smaller. So, But today we're actually not talking about those things that we value. We're not talking about values. We're actually talking about value itself uh, and something called the hierarchy of value. So value is the overall worth of something. Um, And something that we've learned is that there's a science called axiology, which is the science of value. Um, And Peter Demarest and Harvey Schuff wrote a book on this. uh, And they said that neuroscience is the science of how the brain works, but axiology is the science of value and that value drives the processes of our mind brain. So that's what that's really saying is that what we value instructs our brain how to process and how to live. So really it tells us what's most important uh, and how to live accordingly. So today that's what we want to talk about. So Dr. Mello, you want to share a little bit more about that? Yes, let me share the difference between our values and value. And values are my estimation of worth that I put on something. But value is a standard. And for us as believers, we recognize that our God, our creator set a standard of value, what is right, what is wrong, uh, what is just, what is unjust. And so uh, we all aspire to value certain things, mm-hmm. but we know if we truly value it by what we do, not by what we say. I could say, oh, I really value uh, the local church, but if I don't treat the people or the body right. of Christ or individuals in the way that heaven would do it, then I'm really not valuing it according to the standard of the creator. So one is my estimation of things. That's my values, my motivations, my standard, uh, the thing that drives me. But value is 
God's estimation of things. And I think that's really important because the more we choose to align our values with heaven's values, the more heaven is going to be made manifested in our life and the more our God can trust us because we're representing him on the earth. But what you said is very true, that values drive the process of our brain. And we know that scientifically as well as biblically. See, our judgments of value, in fact, dominate, influence, and drive virtually 100% of our emotions, our decisions, actions, reactions, and behaviors. So what we value drive our mind brain 100% of the time. So what we value is a very big deal. What Katie values, what Joel values is a very, very big deal. And so... uh, isn't it true? We are attracted and we pursue the things we value. And if we don't value something, we push it away. So I can get really um, sensitive or I could get (laughs) critical or I could get frustrated when someone is pushing something on me that I do not value. Like if I walk in to buy a car and you have a pushy salesman and I feel you're just trying to manipulate me, I will leave, (laughs) right? Because I don't value that push, that 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 controlling type thing. So there's things that we do not value, and when those things are pushed on us, then we repel them, and that's where we can do things that might not be in that might not be congruent to value God's standard of value. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So value is really a big deal because it it drives our lives, it drives our thoughts, it drives our decisions, our attitudes, our words, everything's going to be shaped by what we value. Um, so I think that's just really important. I don't, I don't think that we often think about that, um, that, that if you look at your behaviors, mm-hmm. if you look at your choices, if you look at where you're choosing to invest your time, energy, effort, uh, relationships, et cetera, you're, if you look at that and reverse engineer it, really, you're going to begin to see the things that you value the most. Um, And so it's really good to just kind of take a look at your life in in that lens. Um, And then today we we do want to talk about the hierarchy of value. Before we get there, let me just share a couple things that I think are really important to understand. Uh, Because a lot of times what we do is we focus our lives on creating value for ourselves. Yeah rather than being a generator of value. And I love in Isaiah 55 where it says uh, about his thoughts being higher than ours and his ways being higher than ours. And so when we submit our thoughts and our ways to heaven, then we become a value generator in our world and we're not driven just for what we value. And I I love the scripture where it says, uh, if a man saves saves his life, he will lose it. But if we lose our life, what, for God's sake, sake, for the kingdom's sake, Mm -hmm. that's when we really find it. So I think it's so important that we determine in ourselves, do our values align with heaven's values? Because the fact is, if it does, I will love life. And when I seek first the kingdom of God, what? Everything I value yeah. will be added unto me. Mm-hmm. So if I seek what he values, then I'm he's going to make sure I get what I value. Yeah. And I would add on to that and say, um, the things that God values, 
so often throws our human understanding for a loop <laughs> because the the way that we're taught in the world um, is just completely opposite from what he teaches. And so I think, um, yes, we say like, ideally we have the values of heaven, but I think this is something we're always practicing. Yes. Um, something we're always kind of weaving in and out of, of the Lord um, convicting us and correcting us and leading us back into his heart because we so naturally in our human nature slip into valuing ourselves above all and self-protection and self-preservation and and all of those things. But um, he's so in his kindness, he leads us um, back to his ways and back to yes. um, the things that he values because it really is better for us. It's not because he is lording and controlling. It's because he's lording and fathering and loving and and he wants us um, to have the very best. And that's how we have the very best is when we seek him first. Then all these things, all these things will be added unto us. Now you said uh, the phrase aligning our hearts with heaven's value. Now I know what that means because that's kind of like the language that mm. we use. So I, I think for some people they might not know what that means. So what does that mean to align our hearts with heaven's value? So is that just knowing scripture? Like, can you expand on that a little bit more? Well, I do believe it's important to know truth. Okay. To have knowledge of the truth, but come into the place you talk about this a lot, Joel. You can have knowledge, but you almost have you need understanding as well Mm -hmm. so you can apply wisdom to those situations. And so the more we know our Father's heart, the more we can align with His heart. There's two things. There is truth, but there's also His spirit, His nature, His character. So I could come up to you and I could speak what I know to be true, and it is biblically (laughs) true. Mm -hmm. But if I don't do it with his heart, Mm -hmm. with uh, the value that he has for every human being's intrinsic worth, if I don't go with his heart, then my truth can actually hurt someone else, drive them away from the things of God, and I would not be a value generator. In fact, I would be devaluing a person rather than valuing them. Yeah. So it starts with knowing truth and that's in scripture, Mm -hmm. right? And then it's also aligning with the spirit of God, even as you read scripture, because, you know, we know that knowledge alone puffs up or knowledge alone makes you self-righteously arrogant. Mm -hmm. I believe the Amplified version uh, puts it that way. So it's not just gaining a bunch of knowledge and then just spouting knowledge, but it's also knowing the heart behind it and knowing, yeah. and, and, and you know that through, through um, the whole, our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yes. I believe that if, if it took the Holy Spirit, you know, we know that scripture is, is Holy Spirit inspired. It's God breathed. Yes. So if it took the Holy Spirit to write the Bible, yeah. then it really takes mm. the Holy Spirit to read the Bible. Yeah. Mm. That's good. So it's not just about reading it uh, for facts and just statements of truth. It's about knowing the heart of mm-hmm. what the scripture is saying. And the only way to know the heart of it is partnering with the Holy Spirit as you read and as you study. Yeah. So so is that kind of what you're talking about? Knowing uh, the heart of heaven is to know scripture in the context of the heart of God and and that's through relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I love how Jesus, everything Jesus did was to draw us to the Father's heart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and everything he did was 
from the Father's heart, and that's why he treated people uh, with the honor that he did. And the ones he rebuked were the religious leaders because they were speaking, in a lot of ways, truthful things, but definitely not with the heart of the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, in the Word, it says that um, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And go. I love that verse because it it shows the necessity for both. Um, when the Spirit and the Word are combined, which they always were meant to be, that's where it gives life. And and I think we were we were always meant to be in relationship with the Father. He, it was always supposed to be relational. We were created in the image and likeness of our Father God. So I think even as we're talking about value, um, it's knowing our father and we were always meant to look like our father. So Mm -hmm. the more that we know him, the more that we know us, um, the more that we'll follow in his footsteps, the more that we will begin to become. um, We're already like him, but we become a becoming. We start to take on his nature and live uh, live his ways. So um, yes, his word is one of the ways that we know him um, and his word and his heart always align. Mm -hmm. So when we know his word, when we know his heart, um, the more we're going to know what he values uh, and walk accordingly. And that's one thing I love about the science of axiology or neuroaxiology. I love it because it so aligns science is discovering what God said all along. Yeah. And when scientists are communicating things that align with the word and align with the Father's heart for humanity, it is so powerful because yeah. that's how I'm able to go into the marketplace and I bring science to the table, but I'm not just bringing science. I know I'm bringing the nature and the character of heaven along or the nature yeah. and character of my God right along with this scientific quote unquote truth because yeah. now science is agreeing with heaven whether they know it or not. Right. Axiology is not like a, a Christian science. No. It's not something that was created within the church. It's it's science as the world sees science, which mm-hmm. is it's really exciting because it is, it's um, coming right into alignment with the, the word of God. And so uh, it's really exciting because like you said, that that really, it gives us a language. It gives us a, a knowledge, uh, an understanding. And, um, and when we take that into the world with the Holy Spirit, yes. with that life-breathed inspiration, um, it's going to do so much more than a lot of times what preaching um, chapter and verse would do for, for someone's heart and for someone's life. So yep, we become living epistles read of yeah. all men. Yeah. Yes. So and I, I might be jumping a little bit ahead and we might get into it. So if you if I kind of throw this off, you can just <laughs> take it as you want. But um so where does value come from? Is that something that's in our DNA that God instilled within us before we were even born? It, I think part of it's that, but is it nature? In the sense of, well, I mean, nurture. Uh, so, is that just how you were brought up? You know, your your family environment. Great question. So, where where do values really? How are they established? Nurture helps to develop our personal values. Yeah, what we uh, estimate as valuable. So, mm-hmm. as you're teaching your kids certain things, it becomes valuable to them because it's valuable through the nurture that you give. But there is value, which is a standard mm-hmm. of value. And that comes from heaven. And that's what Katie talked about when I took you off, Katie, when you started talking about the hierarchy of value. And axiogenics reveals that woven into the human brain is, they call it, 
the signature of value. Now, I like to say, this is Melody's phrase, uh, the signature of the divine. So literally woven into our humanity, into our human brain, the creator, the author, the painter of this picture, as it were, literally wrote his signature into the human brain. And it is a signature of value. And that's where science has discovered within the human brain is a signature of value, a hierarchy of value that is not found in animals. It is only found in human beings. And that's coming from scientists who may or may not believe in a higher power, but they are seeing when they study um, our uh, neurology or they're studying our neuro networking, they're seeing a signature of value. So yes, it's really, it's really powerful. It is. Actually, a person who really has become a mentor for me in this, I'll probably quote him later on, but he at this point is not a believer, but he is a scientist who understands this so well that even though he is not a believer, I have seen him generate more value than I have from so many people who are Christians. Mm -hmm. And it's because he has such a knowledge and an understanding of the signature of value that he lives his life according to really the nature of his creator, even though he has not received Jesus. We talk about spiritual things, and he values yeah. what I value. So you're it, saying it's amazing. you're saying that um, that understanding value goes a long way in demonstrating the heart of God. Because if he, we know that he's the one who established that value. He created us yes. with value. Um, so you're saying people, even in the church, if they don't understand that a lot of times they're living, taking away value or devaluing people um, because they don't have that awareness. But even this, this scientist um, who at, the, at this point is not a believer is walking in those aspects of the kingdom of God because he understands value. That shows how important this is for us as believers. Because we recognize as believers, we are born again. We have a new spirit. Yeah. Yeah, we're a new creation, a creation in Christ. And that's why God says, I want you to renew your mind. Mm-hmm. So the more our mind is renewed to the signature of value or to uh, the signature of the divine who our father is, the more we'll represent his nature and his character on the earth. The difference is when someone comes and asks me questions, I can take them back to the source of my life, which is Jesus Christ. And um, because it was through his direction, but what, I, sorry, a half sentence there, but I was thinking about why do many believers not model this? I believe it, I'm taking it from my own life, so I'm not preaching at anyone, Mm -hmm. I'm just talking about Melody's life here. But the fact is, I was wounded, I was hurt, I was damaged, I was broken, and thank God for his mercy, and you know, I said, God, if you're there, do something in my life, I gave my life to Jesus. But it took years of renewing my mind, and so I acted in ways that were not in alignment to the signature of the divine, 
Yeah. Uh, I, I function in ways. I lived in fear and self-protective uh, ways of uh, believing and behaving. And, and I did so many things based upon my driving values, mm-hmm. not necessarily the signature of value. And, and so... Uh, so the more my mind is renewed, the more healed I am, the more whole I am, the more I understand the nature and character of God, the more my mind is renewed. So now my soul, my mind, will, and emotions begins to agree with my born-again spirit. Yeah. So how are love and value really tied together? Because you know that Jesus commands us, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. So if you don't have value for yourself, you're not going to love your neighbor. So can you talk a little bit how value and love are really intertwined in a lot of ways? That is really a great question because, see, love isn't ooey-gooey, mushy-gushy. Love is a powerful choice to do what's good for another right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus wasn't feeling ooey, gooey, mushy, gushy emotions in the garden. In fact, his soul was vexed, but he made a powerful choice to follow the will of the Father rather than his own will. Why? Because he valued humanity so much that he came with a purpose to destroy the works of the enemy by giving his life to redeem us back to the Father. That is love. And so when we use the word love, we have to recognize the true definition of love, and it is not the ooey-gooey feelings. Praise God, love does create ooey-gooey mm-hmm. feelings. If someone lo- you know, shows me the love of God, I feel ooey-gooey feelings, you know? And if I demonstrate the love of God, it still makes me feel good because when I do right, I feel right. And yeah. when I do good, I feel good. Uh, but it's not about feelings. It's about a powerful choice. And so love partners with value so powerfully. And in fact, according to neuroscience, the brain all the way down uh, to our every organ, every tissue, every DNA strand uh, is literally designed to respond Once again, it's like the hierarchy of value, as it were, Mm -hmm. or the signature of value. Even our very DNA strands are designed to respond to love and value. Because when there is genuine love, there is a genuine desire to generate value. If I really love you, Joel, I want to generate value in you. I'm not going to be critical of you. I want you to see your value so that you can generate value in others. So I believe... Well, could we say, you know, God God is love. Yes. And God is the author of all value. Yes. So are they not? They are. They're, they're interconnected. Yes. They are both coming from the person of God. So some people may use the language of love, but you know, they can really connect that to value as well. Most definitely. Yeah, I think most definitely hand in hand. Yeah. 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 In fact, a lot of people have told me as I taught on this, they say in the church, we talk about love a lot, but when you use the word value, it like opens my eyes to be able to see love on a much higher level than often what we think it is. Well, and I think the word love has been so redefined in the world that when we hear love, we're already passing that through a grid um, of, of what the world understands that to be. But in the world, if I think about it and and maybe others have a different experience, but I don't hear the word value 
used as much in the world. And so I think it's it's even good language to make us think um, from a higher perspective because it it's not a word that's been so uh, reshaped and redefined um, for us as maybe love has. Correct. Exactly. Well, we know the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're willing to sacrifice for something, it means that you have great value for it. Exactly, because when you value something, you sacrifice for it, you invest into mm-hmm. it, yeah. you, you protect it, and you treat it as valuable. Yeah, which you could also say the same for love. For exactly. The in, same, in biblical terms, yeah. That's so true. Real love, not right, not ooey gooey feeling love, right? But a powerful choice, yeah, of love. Are yes. you saying when you say ooey gooey, you're talking about more of an emotional, yes, expression of it versus the action of love? Yes, because uh, so often we will um, view love from an emotional place, and so I can love you one day. Did you ever hear somebody say? Well, I love you, but I don't like you. Mm-hmm. Well, that is like a stupid statement because, <laughs> <laughs> because love isn't based upon the other person. It's based upon my choice. So tell us what you really think. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what you really think. <laughs> That's funny. So Katie, why don't we talk about the hierarchy of value? Yeah, we keep bringing it up and not getting yeah, there. Yeah, so. people are going, are you what guys is ready this to go hierarchy there? of value? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and see, really, the hierarchy of value is that signature of value and, right. and how it's woven into the human brain. And so the highest level, like if you think of a hierarchy, there's the most important and there's the next important and then there's the least important, but it's still important. Right. And so the highest level of value woven into the human being, I'm sorry, the highest level of value woven into our human brain by our creator is intrinsic value or intrinsic worth. And that is the worth that is attached to our humanity. It's separate from what we do, but because we are human being created in the image of God, we hold intrinsic worth. The human spirit, you know, being of infinite value to the heart of God, it should be of infinite value to us. So how can I attack you, judge you, gossip about you, be prejudiced towards you, and all those other things I like to talk about? How can I do that if I see you as a valuable human being that holds infinite worth? Yeah. And that has to be the first most important primary motivation of value, not just my personal values, but the creator's value standard. So the highest uh, level, the highest in the hierarchy of value is an intrinsic value. So what we are worth. So that is saying that every human being on the planet is created, is born with uh, an incalculable um, value that you can't, you can't add to it. You can't take away from it. It is completely set and it's at hundred percent for every single human being. Is that exactly? Exactly. Okay. And one thing, this is a little side note for business, but it has been proven scientifically that any organization, should this not be in the church world, okay, that any organization, whether we want to call it a ministry or marketplace, every 
every organization that places humanity, places the people in that organization as their first priority, there is a 40% increase of productivity. Wow. Why? Because when I value you, you are motivated. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, I mean, the whole Life Exchange podcast is about us partnering together generationally and not having a hierarchy of authority, but honoring the hierarchy of value that I love you, period, for who you are, and I celebrate you, and we honor one another, and 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 we we see the worth of the other person. And are we perfect? No. Mm-hmm. Do we do things right all the time? Definitely not. But when you hold that standard of intrinsic worth, you are able to love, what Jill said, love and value that person. Yeah. And when we have that in our local churches, we mm-hmm. literally create a safe place for people because we value you No matter what you look like, no matter what you've done, no matter uh, your lifestyle at the moment, we're going to love you because you hold infinite human worth, Yeah. period. And I think it's um, important to really note that there is a separation here. So a lot of times we talk, like I know my dad loves to ask Alexa the net worth of celebrities. I don't know why he just <laughs> loves to do it. It seems like a real dad thing to do, but he just loves to do that. Um, or if you're, you're even looking at someone's um, education mm-hmm. or their accomplishments or their skills or their talents, you'll, you'll say, oh, they have a certain level of worth based upon what they bring to the table. But what we're talking about here with intrinsic value is not that because it doesn't fluctuate it's at a hundred percent all the time. So, because we're made in the image of God, exactly. And I think it's so important to note that God is the creator of humanity, and He is the Father for those who receive Jesus. But even if someone has not received Jesus, He is still their creator, and their physical body, their soul, and their spirit was designed uh, to function like heaven, like the Father, right? And he created them that way. And where you ever hear through the years, there's this God-shaped hole in the inside of you. Well, that's, that's a you know, a spiritual way maybe of saying, yes, that's so true. We were created in the image of God. And so without him, we're always searching. We're always striving. We're creating our own standard of values to somehow cause us to feel good about ourselves. But when we know as a son or daughter of God that we were created in, in his image, in his likeness, and we apply the science of axiogenics that says, I hold infinite human worth no matter what I experience, I might have been molested for seven years of my life, but I hold infinite human worth. That heals us. That restores us. And I can look at anyone else and recognize they hold the same worth that I hold. It's not a place of superiority where I hold more worth than someone else. That is dividing our nation, right? It is really seeing the worth and the value of all humanity. Yeah. So whether believer, unbeliever, Correct. whether you've been saved for 50 years, whether you will never be saved, whether you, you're a criminal, whether you never choose salvation yet, whether you're- You do evil, all yeah, those things. Yeah. You know, uh, God so loved us while we were yet enemies to him. Right. 
He saw my human worth when I was an enemy to him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's how we're going to have revival. That's how we're going to have awakening. That's how we're going to reach our world is by seeing people's human worth separate from what they do yeah. instead of attacking what they're doing, value who they are. And I'll tell you, I have learned through the years, I don't care who it is, not one person has turned me away by valuing them. Yeah. It has opened up doors for me to be a light in a dark world because I chose to love them and not try to correct them or conform them into my image. And I'm sorry, I'm preaching other things. <laughs> well, I was also thinking, um, and I don't want to take us off either, but the woman at the well, you know, Jesus had such uh, he just saw people. He knew what she had done, yes. but he spoke to her because she, he knew her value. He knew her worth. And he didn't even have to bring up those other things because speaking to her value opened her eyes to um, the value that she held. And then, you know, her life would respond accordingly. But yeah. Like in John Word talks that, that Jesus is full of grace and truth. And I think we miss that sometime. Like, mm. like God is 100% truth. Yeah. At the same time, obviously, if you're 100% of something, yeah. you can't have any more. But this is God we're Unless talking about. Yeah. yeah. So he's 100% truth and 100% grace. And yeah. I believe in that situation where you talked about the, the woman at the well, I believe that you see 100% yeah. truth in his communication, but you also see 100% grace yes. as well. Yeah. Yes. And so he saw the value. He wasn't afraid to bring truth because right. he was truth, right. but he also was able to bring grace as well. Yeah. But I... I uh, totally agree. The thing I disagree on, if we're made in the image of God, we too can be 100% grace or 100% truth. <laughs> and uh, But I think it's just recognizing now is a time for truth and now is a time for delivering it in grace. And so I think it's just having the wisdom, which is your favorite word, um, having the wisdom to know what to be in that moment. Because sometimes, isn't it, sometimes I need somebody to be really, okay, mama, well, let me tell you the truth here. Where I go, we're you're different right, than you're Jesus right. is there were, there were no mistakes. Correct. Right? There were no mishaps. You know, with us, yes, we could function in grace or we can function in truth and we mess it up a bunch yeah, of times. Yes, we do. We'll never arrive to that 100%. Correct, correct, right? true. So I, I think for us, it's like, having relationship with Holy Spirit to know yeah, when to yes. offer grace, know when to offer truth. True. Because, you know, knowledge alone, truth alone, you know, if it's not given with wisdom, you know. Well, we're supposed to speak the truth in, in love. love. Yeah. 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 And I think that's why inquiring of the Lord is so important because sure. he, he is perfection. And he's a, a limitless resource. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think in that context that we we can function in that if we are connected. Right. Because it, the fact is, I, as a human being, am not a limitless resource. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Unless he gives it to me at that moment. I think we have the potential. Yes. I think that's kind of where you're coming from. Yes. You know, um, if we stay connected yes. to the source. Yes. I, I think it's kind of funny that we're talking about this intrinsic value. And I think some of the church, this might be really challenging for because, you know, a lot of it is like you're this worthless thing, you're 
uh, totally depraved, you know, you you have no value, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But I believe if you if you look at scripture in, in in the full context, you'll you'll truly see that God does value his creation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I think yeah. some of the biggest hindrance to people coming to the Lord are Christians who judge them. And uh, I know in some of the spheres of influence in which I function, um, a lot of times I don't tell people if they ask, you know, what my faith is, I won't say I'm a Christian. I will say I'm a follower of Jesus because the word Christian to the world are those who are critical and judgmental and are trying to um, make clones. Mm-hmm rather than seeing someone's intrinsic worth and just allow the Holy Spirit. I love the scripture, some plants, some water, but God's the one that brings the increase. And so I think sometimes we feel like we have got to, oh, I led five people to the Lord today. I think just, wow, I valued five people today. It was so good just to see their worth and their value and to speak into their life. How beautiful is that? Lord, I just pray you know, that you draw them to you. I mean, to challenge you on that, I mean, I think someone would say, you know, I truly love them if they got saved because that's saving their soul from eternal yes. separation. And I love to lead, lead people to the mm-hmm. Lord, most definitely. But I think I can't go with an agenda Mm-hmm. That if you don't be- if you don't receive what I'm telling you, then I write you off and I'll go find somebody who will. Yeah, and I, you know? I, I think the church where they make the mistake is they're looking for conformity. Correct. To conformity to a structure, they're looking for there conformity to a system, yeah. a conformity to uh, a way of thinking, but. In scripture is our our goal or our target is conformity into the image of Christ. Yeah, that's right. Not necessarily a religious system, Correct. not necessarily this this type of Christianity or or this camp or whatever Correct. or this ideology. The purpose is conformity to Christ. Yes. And the only way to do that is connection and fellowship with the Spirit of God. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, perfectly <laughs> yeah. said. You're actually jumping ahead a little bit. We'll get there and and that, how that affects in the hierarchy. But yeah. isn't that so good? Because he was giving the wisdom yeah. there. Because they were going and goes like, okay, let's bring the wisdom into this, and yeah. that is just so good and that's so true. But even before we move on, I just want to kind of hit that point again. Is a lot of times in the in the church world, which we are just as much a part of. We're not saying that we're perfect by any means. Um, but but when we get this hierarchy out of place, um, we can find value uh, in what we do. And so we're counting up our conversions and we're counting up how many miracles have been done. And, and you know, when we're doing it- Are we um, counting or celebrating? Well, that's the difference. Is, yeah. this, is this counting- towards our worth okay. or is it counting towards his worth? Yes. Because if it's building towards our worth, then we're getting this hierarchy out of order, uh, which I know we've only given you one. Um, but so we're not working for our intrinsic value. It's already established. And then on the other side of that, you kind of touched on this, Joel, was um, sometimes in the church, we see ourselves as we have no value. We hold no value. Yeah. Outside, and I know that's outside of him. Um, that's that's how it's usually phrased. But even as we're looking at the signature of value, we were created now. Not just me, a Christian. 
all of humanity were created in the image and likeness of God. And he is the one who writes that signature of value. That means that every single human being holds value. And so um, it's, it is just kind of a challenge of mindset that we believe, um, we in this room believe that we do hold value. We are not without value because he was the one who created us. And that's even before we receive salvation. Exactly. So intrinsic value is our number one focus is people. Yeah. Then the the second level of the hierarchy is extrinsic value. And that is the value that someone brings to the table. It's what they hold. It's their skills, their abilities, uh, their passions, uh, their dreams. It is what God has placed inside of them to contribute to their world. And so uh, the first, which is the intrinsic value is about people. The second extrinsic value is about productivity. So because I am a valuable human being, I also hold the ability to generate value in my world to produce, which what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we're making a podcast. Because of that, we do video. Because of that, we find all types of ways to use our skills to partner with heaven to advance the nature and the character of God, you know, who he is, uh, so that people can really truly see that in marketplace as well as ministry. So we have the skills to do that. Yeah. So uh, what's different from intrinsic is intrinsic is, um, it's a a set, it's 100% value. We all have it. Um, It's all kind of the same in that it is 100% value. Now with extrinsic, that's gonna look different for all of us. We're all bringing different things to the table. We all have different... um, skills, giftings, talents, things that we have um, trained ourselves in, things that just come naturally to us. So this looks different for all of us, which is really beautiful um, because we all need each other. I know for the three of us, in a lot of ways, we think the same, not in all ways, (laughs) definitely. Um, But I know Skill-wise, we all carry very different things. Yes. Um, and, And that's good because... I cannot do what you do, Joel. <laughs> like I, if if I was put in that role, it, things would not look nearly as good as they do when you do them. So um, this is really awesome because every human being also has unique things that they can bring to the table or bring to our world. And we all um, need each other's functions. And that's why we don't want to create clones to have somebody look like us and do what we do. And isn't it true? Sometimes you have a skill and you just can't understand why somebody can't do what you do. And I get out in the car, I am directionally uh, (laughs) challenged. Well, you too. Me too. So when we go together, we definitely need the GPS, you know, but my husband, Stephen, he he doesn't need a GPS most of the time because he just knows north, south, east, and west, and he can get places. And if he's been there once, he can get there again. And like my brain can't even compute that. And uh, he goes, well, you just get in and think north, (laughs) south, east, and west. And I go, no, I can't think that. (laughs) And see, we, and I love the scripture. One of my favorite ones is Ephesians 1, 4, where he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. And that's about being conformed into the image of Christ. But I I love where it says, now I pray that the eyes of your understanding would know the hope of your 
calling. That's what you're called to do. It's not your vocation. It's your calling. It's what God put inside of you to contribute to the world. And so when we can search for someone's extrinsic value and help them discover and help us discover what they carry, then that gives us the amazing opportunity to place them in an area that they are innately skilled at or innately have the ability to develop that skill. On a previous episode, we talked about personal purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... I think this is a really an important key to understanding your personal purpose is when you know what you value or you can recognize what you value, that will give you a good indication what you're called to and your purpose that and you And that's have. our yeah. personal values that yeah. we talked about earlier, you mm-hmm. know, what what I esteem as valuable mm-hmm. because what God put inside of us will direct us. Mm-hmm. You know, and it will develop those aspired values or those subjective values mm-hmm. so that we ultimately can release objective value. Yeah. So with extrinsic, um, I think a lot of times, like you talked about organizations that um, perform so much higher when they value the people. But if you also look even organizationally, a lot of times organizations are looking to match people with roles. They're, they're wanting to put the right person in the right place right. To, so that there's higher performance. And so we all have those things that we are just naturally good at or that we've trained ourselves in. Um, and so why is it important to value those things in other people? Well, isn't it true? If I really value you, Katie, I will value what you carry and make provision for that. And so when I value what you carry, it is a segue for you to have an understanding, wow, Mama Melody values me. Yeah. Not just what I do, but she values me. And she found a place for me. She found a place for my contribution because she ultimately values me and wants me to be fulfilled. Yeah. And so this is like a signature. Like if you take uh, Melody M. Hilton, uh, my full name, and that's not even my full name, but <laughs> you take my name, it's not just the Melody. It's not just the Hilton, it's all that I am. And so when I value Katie, I will value Katie Stansfield, what you carry. Yeah, that's good. So do you have anything else to say on extrinsic? Are we ready to move on to the the third level here? Yes, let's go to the third. Well, before we do that, can you just refresh, right? (laughs) Okay. So what's the first one? What's the second one? Intrinsic is valuing the human worth of a person, so we're putting people first. Mm-hmm. Secondary, so apart from what they do, apart so from what they do, seeing their value apart from what they can accomplish, or or even seeing their value even if they're doing terrible things. Okay, so just their human worth, their mm-hmm. intrinsic okay. human worth. Secondly, uh, is extrinsic, which is their productivity or their skills or their abilities or what God has placed in them to where they can contribute to society. And that's so important because isn't it true? You feel valuable when someone celebrates, wow, look what Katie did or look what Joel did or you know, look what Melody did or whatever. And it, it they're, they're valuing us when they value what we do because what we do isn't expression of who we are. Yeah. And so that's important, but it can't be the most right. important. And now 
the third or the tertiary value is systemic value. And that uh, that is the systems, it's the structures, it's the rules, it's the policy that empower opportunities for extrinsic value and intrinsic value. So could we say that the hierarchy is who, what, and how? Would Perfect. that fit? Okay. <laughs> it could be very much. It's, it's the uh, structures and the systems set in place. Uh, so for instance, we have a code of conduct in our church. We are a gossip-free zone. We are a prejudice-free zone. That, that is a little structure we put in place. So we would let the whole world know that we value people first and who they are and what they carry. Yeah. Uh, we value that as well. So you're you're saying this is this is what you believe the church or the hierarchy that the church should view the world like their human value, then what they can do, and then you know because sometimes with the church you know the the value so much in in how or the structure, and then they're just forsaking just people. Mm -hmm. Well, and even what you talked about a little bit earlier, uh, we trying to conform people to a religious system or rules or mm -hmm. however you spoke those things rather than just valuing them or trying to convince them. Mm -hmm. And so we're not throwing out systemic value. Mm -hmm. That It's like picture. Uh, you don't want to build a house without a foundation. Yeah. So let's just picture the foundation not being... Um, as far as human worth, extrinsic, but the foundation supports the house. But if you just have a foundation and a house with a house, house being all the perks, the kitchen, you know, all the, and it could be this beautiful thing, but if people aren't living in it, yeah, what's, what's its value? <laughs> yeah. What's its worth, right? Yeah. And so it's almost like the foundation puts the structure down so the house can be built so people can enjoy living in that house. Yeah. So, the third or the systemic uh, value is is literally uh, recognizing what systems we need to establish so that people have an opportunity. Like you have a, a school per se, they have courses and they might have a bunch of different courses and they recognize, oh, Katie, you would be great to develop your skill in such and such. You know, it's really unique, like, uh, I went to a voice coach once, <laughs> uh, but the fact is, if you don't have the skill, a voice coach can't do too much. But it's the people who really have the skill to sing well that improve their ability when they have a voice coach, right? And so the voice coach and understanding music and all those other things are like the systems that release the skill that that person has to sing or play or whatever. And when they do that, uh, you're able to see what they can bring to the table. So yeah. the system uh, to develop those things are very, very important. And if we have an organizational system that creates a culture where what people carry is valued and who they are is valued, then we have all three of the signature of divine established and, um, and know how to partner with that so that 
people feel safe and secure and can grow. Because the fact is, you you take your kids, Joel, they haven't yet developed or even discovered all the skills that God's put on the inside of them. So you put a lot of investment into their human worth so that they have confidence to begin to see what they carry, and then you'll make the provision. Oh, man, uh, Layla's amazing at this. I'll get her a guitar, or I'll get her drums, or whatever it might be. And um, so that it can develop those things. And so you are creating a household, a system in your household, so those things can be made manifested. And we want to do that at church. We want to do that in our businesses, our organizations. But those things need to be there and in In that order. order. It must be in that order. Yeah, I think you have a quote somewhere that says uh, that the violation of this hierarchy will um, invoke emotional suffering. <laughs> yeah. Is that, did I say Basically, it Basically, right? if we don't have them in the right order, there will be emotional suffering. And so I think we can kind of look at our lives and I think we've all been in some kind of experience where the hierarchy was out of order. And so if you think about like maybe you had a job and that organization valued the systems and the structure above people, you probably weren't very happy in that position. Or if you think about relationships, sometimes you may have had an experience where um, you realize someone is valuing you for what you do, but they're not really valuing you for who you are. And so if you kind of look throughout your life, you'll kind of take note uh, and maybe where you've done the same thing, where you have valued one of these things out of order. I know... um, I know I talk to parents sometimes and they get so distraught because the structure and the system that they were hoping would be in place <laughs> just is not going as planned with their three and four year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you, and you see emotional suffering. <laughs> For the mama especially. Yeah, and, and I mean, no, no harm, no fault there. But, um, but really when you, when you see um, the person first, and then what they bring, and then the structure, that emotional suffering kind of dissipates. And then you're able to put the things in the right order and bring the structure into place and and you'll have a happier environment. But bottom line, all three are very important. All three are necessary, but they must be in the right order in order for um, us to have health and happiness. Yes, if you don't have intrinsic worth first, it'll divide relationships. Yeah. So if I look at you and I value what you do more than who you are, it'll divide us. Yeah. And we position ourselves for usury. We position ourselves for saying, well, I'm I'm the apostle of this house yeah. or I'm the pastor of this house, so therefore whatever. So now I put the system right above what a person carries or their value and their worth. And it divides relationships and people are hurt and they're wounded in the midst of those things. So what happens to you, Katie, if I only care about what you do and not who you are, what are you going to think? I'm not good enough. Yeah. Because if I don't do it perfect every time, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And that also comes back on me and that I'm seeing what I do as above who I am. So Correct. it's both both sides there. Yes. If, if I uh, am looking for my value in what I do, right. rather than celebrating me being the best version of myself that I can be in God, then I will bring my own emotional suffering right. to me. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it works on every relationship, every person. Yes, exactly. And then um, if we don't value, if we value systems above someone's skill, then that person is, they're not going to want to give as much. They're going to lose engagement. uh, They're not going to be as productive. uh, Or they'll just leave. Pardon? Or they'll just leave. Or they'll, (laughs) yes, that's right. You know, either they will do a bad job or just get up and go. Exactly. And who you are, I know your contribution and who who you are as a, a woman of God, who you are in your contribution. And if I would have come in and tried to control your contribution because you had to conform it to my way of thinking and my contribution, you would not be here. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. be. You would have bucked that. You have would have fought that. And you know what? It's not that you wouldn't just not be here, but we wouldn't have the amazing relationship we have because we got everything all out of order. And so even in marriage, I've got to love the worth of my husband. Whether he sees the structure of the home, like I like everything in order. He he jokes with me. He goes, Melody, I'm putting out this glass. I'm going to use it. Don't put it away before I even get to fill it up with water, you know? And so like, I'm always cleaning up or whatever, and he's not that picky. But if I value that more than I value him, there's going to be division in our marriage. Yeah. And it's because I've got the hierarchy of value all messed up. Yeah. Now, this may be obvious to some people, but we're saying all these things are valuable. Valuable. Yes, all of them are valuable. If you place a system above someone's intrinsic value, it's going to cause chaos. Right. And And so we're not saying, hey, we're not saying don't value these things. We're just saying that there are higher values and other values. Yeah. yeah, see, this is, all three of these are a part of the signature of value woven into the human brain. Mm-hmm. And and so some people might feel if the system is in order and everything is, hey, I was a perfectionist, so I can talk about Melody's flaws, but I was such a perfectionist, if the system got out of order, I would be freaking out and I'd be whooping my kids, right, Joel, you know, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, his Joel, I mean, he was so little. He, we, we started a church and he was uh, a year and a half old. And a part of the system was he had to sit in that rocking chair. And if he got out of that rocking chair, there was one swat, two swats, <laughs> three swats. And I, you know what? I cared more about the system of building a church than I was valuing the worth of my son. I didn't do that consciously. I just got the hierarchy of order out of order because if we were starting this church and building it, if it began to prosper, I would feel better about myself. Yeah. You know, I mean, I loved God and I was all messed up in my brain (laughs) because all this, I didn't understand any of this then, but when when we value all three in the right order, we will remove emotional suffering. People will be healed. People will be free to be who God created them to be. We will have a celebratory culture. And so it's just taking the time to recognize, I'm so glad you said that, Joel, all three hold value, but they need to be in that order. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and what you just said, you were doing those things, but you weren't consciously aware of it. And so now as we're talking about this, um, hopefully we're all becoming more consciously aware of this. And so when there is, uh, you can kind of, again, reverse engineer. If you look at your life and see an area of emotional suffering, okay, now look and see, is the hierarchy of value in place? And if you're, you have power in that situation, then you're able to uh, make those steps to put things in order. And and a good thing to do, a good practice to do to start this is um, verbally communicate value. So start with the the core of a person, you know, their intrinsic worth, and then extrinsically start to communicate value for those specific things. I know for me personally, um, it's great when somebody says, oh, I value you. But when they say, oh, I love the way that you do this specific yeah, thing, that means so much more to me. Um, and so communicating value value for specific things that people are doing in that extrinsic role. And then, you know, you might have people in your life who are really, really good at the systemic part of this. They, they love creating structures and systems and they're really good at it. And so make sure you're also communicating the value for that. And we all, we value a system and a structure really by honoring it, by following it. And so- I know for me, I don't always, (laughs) I mean, I like following structures that I implement, but when it's not my structure, I don't love being told what to do or being put in those boxes. And so for me, sometimes the most honoring thing to do is just don't say anything, just do it because that is honoring the structure. That structure is there for a reason. It's important. And so that's how you can honor a structure for, for me anyway, sometimes is, is not trying to improve it or speak into it. It is just doing it because somebody else has gone before me and created this thing and it's important too. So do you guys have anything else to add here as we wrap up? I think um, I think we talked about this in the podcast on validation quotient, but uh, I think it's very important that it's not just how we generate value in others, but to be able to see that in yeah. ourselves, as you said. Because when I can value my intrinsic worth, I will value yours. Yeah. When I can value my extrinsic skills, abilities, and worth, then I will value yours. I won't be in competition with you. I'll collaborate with you. When I value the systems and structures I set in place so that I can do what God's called me to do, I will value your systems and structures to release what God has called you to do. And I just want to close with a question that Peter Demaris, which is a very good friend, a mentor of mine in the science of axiology said, and because he talked talked about generating value, not just us getting our values, but being that value generator. He says, as much as we can ask this question, we need to do it. The question is, what choice can I make and what action can I take at this moment to create the greatest net value? So right now, what choice can I make and what action can I take to generate value? Yeah, that's really good. I guess the thing, I, I feel like we had this big box of Legos and we just dumped them on the floor. <laughs> like we gave a lot of information. So do you guys have any ways that people could find out more about understanding the hierarchy of value, resources, you know, maybe things that they could type into Google and then Google could figure it out? 
Well, they could go into axiology. Actually, Peter Demarest wrote a book uh, called uh, Answering the Central Question. Um, but if you want something that maybe is a little bit simpler to understand, mm -hmm. come to our website, come to our YouTube channel, come to uh, some of the courses that we have. We have one... Um, about this specifically on validation quotient. And so I think we have a lot of resources, but we could probably give you more if you just contact us and uh, we can try to give you more of that information. So that they could come find us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think bottom line really, really simply is just remember it's who, what, and how uh, and keeping those things in order. Um, so... But there's, I mean, people can really be educated in this and sure. I wouldn't want to try to do it because I probably wouldn't present <laughs> it properly, but I could go back to the source and say, you know, what's the link that I could send somebody who might be interested in gaining the education to yeah. understand this in a deeper level? Yeah. Because it, it is not as simplistic. It's simple to understand, but there is so much science, science behind, behind it. it. So yeah. if we have this highly knowledge-based person who really wants the science, uh, then I would want to give you links to direct you to the scientists. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here and we will talk to you guys soon. All right. And remember, you hold great intrinsic worth. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.